0: Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to welcome you to the first episode of Rinsing Off the Whitewash. Brought to you in part by PCP Media, our take on the world we live in. Gotta keep grinding, time. But on that one. One, time again. two. One, one, two. Can you keep the rhythm like one, 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 two. One, two. One, two, one, 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 two, one, one, two. One, two. One, two, yeah. One two, ah uh. one two one yeah, two
1: one, Rinsing two. off the white wash. Yeah. How the was beat,
0: yeah. How get beat, yeah. Leave beat, how rinsing how off be the beat white wash. Episode never one. Episode one two. 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 One This yeah, is the first episode. Of rinsing off the whitewash. We title this The Construct of Whiteness. The most lethal tool in establishing the Western worldview. The most lethal tool in establishing a the Western worldview. Oh, yes, indeed. We're jumping right in to some of the most controversial issues uh, that are plaguing this country right now, that are plaguing the world right now. Um, we do, uh, by all means, challenge um, this Western construct that we live in today. Uh, And we believe that the Western worldview construct has basically conditioned the people of this country to become extremely ignorant and um, also disinterested in the way in which our society operates and how it inevitably affects those same people. You know they're not even interested in the in the fact that this stuff is actually hurting themselves you know
1: and, and 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 we're calling this again we're calling this podcast rinsing off the whitewash to demonstrate how the construct of the western world view has taken away from our identity and our community mm-hmm. so our goal as black men mm-hmm. is to open the minds of those who are unaware that's the only way to save the world. I believe, mean, like literally,
2: you know. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, I mean.
0: and I mean at the same time, you know, we sound idealists when we say we want to save the whole world. But <laughs> I do believe though it's very important um, to talk about these issues. If we don't talk about them, then we're just gonna continuously, uh, you know, be com- not not you know.
1: Let me add this real quick. I think, yeah, you know, I, in more or less, more or less, all of us are idealists and i don't think if anybody out there when posed with the question wouldn't want to save the world Hmm. whatever 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 way they but to what
0: extent though that's the question right to what extent like and and in which way are you trying to save the world because I, i got to imagine like people like uh you know, some of the some of the some of the emperors and things of that nature that plague our ancient history probably thought they were gonna save the world. I'm sure even Hitler to an extent probably thought he was saving the world. Basically. <laughs> so it's like, you know, to what extent though? You know, that's always yeah. the great question. I think to the extent in which we're trying to save the world is more on a on a very uh uh on a more like social, you know, side of things. Like right now we all can understand and I mean Viewers, we're asking you to think about this, and I'm sure you can agree with us when we say that the world we live in currently right now is, is, is quite frightening. Yeah, you can be uh, optimistic and say, you know, it's a beautiful place to live, so on and so forth, which is true. But at the same time, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. I mean, just think about that for a few seconds. Like, Randy, if, you, if I were to ask you that question, you know, what are, the, what are some things that are going on right now in this country or e- even in the in the in the inter- international level, what are some things right now that are like probably that you would say that are like plaguing your psyche right now?
1: I could start with Donald Trump running for president <laughs> and Mike Tyson backing him.
0: Really? Yeah, that's
1: crazy for them man.
0: Mike bro. Tyson backed Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, he backs Donald Trump. I never really got to read too much of the article. Uh, I saw the headline and I just thought it was really absurd, so I never gave it any. Um, Guidance, mm-hmm. or any mind to even like open up uh, try to entertain that because mm-hmm. I mean I don't even know what to say about that but I do plan on reading that article mm-hmm. Mike Tyson's explanation for for um, advocating Donald Trump Donald Trump's views and uh, <laughs> policies, so that we could talk about that in the next, the next, the next block. Yeah, we well, definitely next, talk next about podcast. I don't know
0: how much we're gonna talk about Mike Tyson and how much he's backing Donald Trump because I'm not trying to give him too much more airplay. But <laughs> yeah, at the same I time, here. I do, I do think that that's very interesting. I, um, what are some other things that you would say that are plaguing your, plaguing your, your well, psyche right now in, in terms of the way the world is working?
1: Black America. Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Let's, 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 let's talk about Black America.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I
1: just recently. F- about, Finished reading Tahisi uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Be- ta Coates. Yeah, between the world and me. And, excellent um, book. Excellent book. I mean, I, I, self-explanatory. I can't really say too. I can't really really say any more. Any other any other word than brilliant. I can't find any other word than brilliant mm-hmm. for this book. And as,
0: again, that's Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, between the world and me.
1: Yeah, and I'm a writer myself, mm-hmm. but. You know, this dude just he 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 put it in a different in a different way and I think in a way where everybody, everyone, anyone that had that will or has read this book mm-hmm. can pretty much understand and he, he laid it all pretty clear in some plain language. The prose was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, but, he did.
0: Um, he wrote it very, very. They 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 compared him to Baldwin yeah, a lot. Uh, and Tony Morrison said that it des- was uh,
1: deservingly, deservingly so. You know, uh, he 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 deserves that credit and he deserves that um, that comparison. It's 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 it's, it's a great it's well book. Deserved, man.
0: Between the World and Me, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, he actually in a lot of ways that book is going to be in some way, shape or form, a reference point throughout this podcast. You'll be hearing a lot of us talk about that. you'll be or, hearing us talk about it Or even that. throughout
1: this series. That's I, what mean, I mean, not yeah, just the not whole, just the podcast, this particular podcast per se. Right. But most likely throughout the whole series you will hear us referring to that to Colts and other mm-hmm. novel no not novels, all other other writers, other historians as reference, as backing, to uh, pretty much uh, substantiate some of the, the views and um, positions we're trying to, you know, to to cement.
0: Exactly. And I think um, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very interesting when we start talking. I wanted to kind of go back and talk about some of the things that are plaguing my psyche right now. I've been having a lot of conversations around, you know, obviously the police brutality, uh, or, or, or the, Black the, America The injustices, yes, jumping right back on top of the Black America issues um, And I, I mean, i take it a step further to say it's not just Black America, right? This is like, this is an American issue that we all are starting to realize That is a, becoming a serious serious problem Let's be
1: clear, not all of us are starting to realize it Just the people okay. that are True. suffering it And True. it's only become more evident now Or more relatable I mean and I, and I and I hesitate to use that word relatable. Mm. It's only become more widespread because of um cameras, mm-hmm. right? Um body cameras or people or you know, pedestrians, everyday pedestrians are uh, pulling out their phone and catching some mm-hmm. type of injustice in the act. Yeah. But even you know, which has um fostered the use of body cameras, but how that's another topic, how effective is that? Mhm. If um, police departments can control, mm. control the release and the release and the discretion of these these footages from these cameras, that so that's another. It's interesting issue.
0: too, but you know, I had a a conversation with one of the colleagues. Uh, a little bit of backstory about myself, you know, for the viewers. Randy and I know each other pretty well, but for the viewers, just to let you know a little bit of backstory about who I am, and uh, Randy, I'm sure we'll share his. I'm a teacher at a prestigious school on the Upper West Side of New York City. Um, and I teach actually humanities, which is the study of uh, social studies combined with language arts. So I teach at a middle school level. Um, recently uh, got promoted to this position after teaching kindergarten for four years. So yeah, it's probably pretty, a pretty crazy leap. <laughs> but uh, uh, I had a conversation with one of my colleagues at work about that Just that usage of, of cameras, and I thought it was very interesting. He, he says to me, "He says, you know, Anthony, you know, I think this has been going on for a long time, but this is the first time actually we're getting to see it." And I immediately responded, "Well, yes, I think you're absolutely right. It is this has been going on for a very long time? You know, black bodies being, um, you know, targeted and, and and treated, I mean, unfairly and uh, and wrongly accused in so many different ways." Uh, I think it's been going on for a while and now we're just becoming more widespread and I have a kind of a conflicted feeling about it because I think it's while it is yes it is it's showing us what's going on in a more um, kind of in a social way now we're talking about it a lot but at the same time I wonder if it's also like kind of desensitizing us to it you know what I mean like is it becoming one of those things where now because we see it so much that we're just not as you know interested, like the Black Lives Matter movement started going off for a while after Trayvon, after Mike Brown you know, some of the other other uh, you know issues or situations that happen like that, but are we becoming do you believe that, do you think that, Randy that we're becoming less um, inter- interested in, in that? It's not so much less interested we just get
1: distracted easily mm.
0: you know, I mean um,
1: you got Jordan's you oh, know. yeah, we're gonna get to that. Don't we give got, them all we that. Got, we, get, we got, we we go. got the, 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 the housewives of the, <laughs> you know, the basketball <laughs> wives, and we got yeah. high fashion, you know. <laughs> which I understand all these things. These are coping mechanisms. I get it, you know. Right. Through the stuff that we've been through and how we want to feel about ourselves, and that goes across the board to everybody because of the society we live on. We live in a materialistic society. hmm. So. These things are coping mechanisms, but for the black mind and for the black body, these things are a deterrent to our progress because we're too concerned about them and not concerned about the things that um, will propel us forward as a people. Because if we look at it, right, Mm -hmm. the black, um, the Jews,
0: the Hispanics,
1: the Asians, their communities are pretty much tight knit and strong and they support each other. Mm-hmm. Look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump is
0: um, again. We mentioned Donald Trump. Yeah, I
1: mean, I know Donald <laughs> Trump is about. To, I know, man. He's just everywhere, and he. Um, but like back to the subject, he's about to make an appearance on NBC. I don't know if they went through with it or. Uh, and the, the 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 Latino community are so up in arms about that, and you know, and they're they're serious when they, when the matter comes to, comes forward. They stick together now, with us. But. with what's what's going on Anthony is referring to this whole police brutality thing it's been going on and if we want to make serious changes there's things we can do but we as a people who have to work the hardest who have to you know more than any other ethnic group that has come into this country or have been forced to come into this country I should say Or you know we've been we've been what 400 years and we're still in a position. How come it's so easy for the Arabs to come in and start a business? How come it's so easy for the Chinese to come in and set up their business and get it going? Again, it does. It starts with the community. Well, just to defend
0: that side, to defend the opposite side of that, though, you know, the Arabs, the Chinese, um, any sort of Asians and Latinos, uh, they all also have to deal with their their fair share of discrimination of course of course of Of course
1: uh, what I'm saying is for us the problem lies with us mm -hmm. they come in and what I was about to say was like the issues lie so much in community they support each other Mm -hmm. how come we how come it is how come come, come we've stopped supporting each other why don't we support each other Mm. why is it such a bane to see another black man on top I mean that's another thing we got to get into. Like, wh- yeah, we're why is that? we got to touch on you that, know? that, that so podcast. Th- yeah. So, th- those are those things, too. I mean,
0: well, you know, we brought that to your attention. Just a little bit of a side tangent that we went on there. But this, this podcast is, uh, like we said, we call this podcast Rinsing Off the Whitewash. Um, this is the first episode. Um, I myself am an educator. Randy is also an educator, new to the same school. We're not going to mention the name of the school because we're not trying to give out too many names. But at the same time, we do work at a private school on the Upper West Side. We're both African-American males who recently moved on to the middle school floor at this prestigious um, school on the Upper West Side. And... um, we found each other simply because of obviously in this type of an environment, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. not a lot of people that look like us there. Exactly. So when I found out Randy was working there, I've been working at the school itself for five years. It's my fifth year, but this is my first year at middle school, and I got to meet Randy. We started immediately uh, talking about plenty of different things that came to mind, and then we decided, you know what, let's let's just put together something like this for a podcast. In which case, um, we wanted to talk about and cover. Uh, or uncover some of the issues that are plaguing our society, um, and at the same time also being able to write alongside of this. Randy's a writer, like he mentioned. Uh, myself, am a writer. Uh, at the same time, being educators, we wanted to be able to utilize this podcast for educational purposes while also having a written piece that you'll be able to follow along with as you're listening to this. Uh, you can refer to the written piece that's going to have a plenty, a plethora of uh, sources and just more kind of uh, side dialogue and just side thoughts that we didn't get to cover fully in this particular episode, but we encourage you to visit PCPmedia.us. PCP stands for Popular Culture Productions, not the drug. So check us out at PCPmedia.us, our take on the world
2: that we live in.
0: Bombardrop! 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 This is episode one of rinsing off the whitewash. We will go on tangents. We will have fun here, but at the same time, we are dealing with some very heavy issues. The topic at hand heavy. today, the topic at hand today is the construct of whiteness and its influence, or its, uh, uh, uh its, its, basically, is the most lethal tool uh, in the establishing the Western worldview. Um, we've already kind of given you. A basic hint and a basic guide to what we mean when we say the term whiteness. But now we want to go in a little bit further. We're going to actually uh, dig in a little bit deeper now and talk about what we mean when we say privilege and its connection to whiteness. And then, hopefully bring this full circle and and show you how that is connected to the Western worldview. Um, I want to talk about a quick example of something that I had happened to me.
1: Yeah, go Uh, ahead, man.
0: I went... I actually was fortunate enough at, this, at the school I teach at, like I said, it's a great school. So it's a very privileged school.
1: Awesome school.
0: Awesome school on Upper West Side. Randy's also a teacher there as well. Uh, it we I was actually able to take this workshop called Undoing Racism by the People's Institute. Please look them up. If you're in New York City, even if you're not in New York City, I'm giving them a plug now because I believe it's very important for those who are educators or those who are working in Um, you know, big business or who want to just build some camaraderie with their colleagues at work, I would definitely try to advise you to ask your employer to send you on this workshop retreat. It's like a three-day workshop over a weekend. And essentially, in this workshop, you're undoing racism. Um, Sounds interesting. It is very interesting. I'm I hopefully, I actually want to get you to go to one of those too. If, if, I'm down. Uh, we'll make sure to set that up too because uh, I think that's important. I want to go again. I've already been twice, it's, and this is powerful to me. And, and Particularly, there's this moment that happens that really, for, for the first time I went, showed me <clears throat> about what privilege really was. So they, they basically had a, you know, there's quite a few people that come, you know, at this weekend workshop. I said we had over about 50, 50 people there. Uh, all different nationalities and cultural backgrounds. Um, But particularly, there was a question asked about what privileges those who identified as white felt as though they had innately by being white. And what are some things that you like, quote unquote, about being white was the question, end quote. Uh, And uh, the white people said things like, "I, I appreciate the fact that when I walk into the room you know, no one really questions my ability to be there. You know, <laughs> I like the fact that.
1: That's like 10 pounds off your shoulder if you was black.
0: Right. Well, they also said things like, I feel as though I can, that the police officers are there to help me. You know, I feel like <laughs> law enforcement and laws kind of.
1: That's counter. That I mean, that throw well, well, I mean, that, I'll take that back. That's in line. Right. With what uh, Charles Barkley said. Mm hmm he oh, said cool. he said policemen are awesome mm-hmm. oh, I mean, yeah. that, that's the first black man i ever heard say some shit like that
0: well i understand what he means when he says that of course oh, oh, extent, oh, i mean of course i have of some course. friends who are police officers right one of my good friends is actually uh, I, got a friends that, I got
1: a lot of friends that some um, that's police officers i got right. a few friends that i served with in the marine corps mm-hmm. yes i'm an ex-marine talking this shit Ooh, yeah. but um um I got a couple of friends in of the Marine Corps. I just to take a services. second to
0: thank you for your service, my friend. I thank mean, you very much. I'm gonna shake your hand right now on air. That's yeah. a that's a very noble thing you did.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, sometimes I don't think it's so noble, but hey, I pulled a lot of good things from the Marine Corps. And if if it wasn't for the Marine Corps, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this: if it wasn't for Marine Corps, I wouldn't have accomplished a lot of things I've accomplished in life because they 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 did teach me how to finish what I start. Mm. You know what I mean, and that's a big thing, especially for a black man in America. Mm-hmm. you finish yeah. what you that's start very, you know what i mean and then they that's that's something that's a philosophy they 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 kind of they they push across the board to everybody, no matter what you are black white, blue green, or whatever that's one thing I couldn't say I am proud of being american i i'm i I am proud of being a United States marine corps even though a lot of the times a United States marine, even though a lot of the times I have to question. You know, am I proud to be American based on our history or what, whatnot? Hmm. But I know, with the lessons, with the Marine Corps gave me, with the absence of a father, <clears throat> kind of pushed me forward and got me to the place where I am right now. That never give up attitude, never break attitude, because you know the only thing that should that can break you is yourself. Hmm. So those lessons have taken me a long way. I... I I wouldn't have been a writer if it was a Marine Corps, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's, that's, that's I, deep, I got,
0: you know. So that's, and that's I gotta important. tell you too, just to that point. I mean, I've been in a couple of meetings with Randy, and he said one thing that stuck out to my mind. He says, "You know what? I never stress. I never, I'm never worried or concerned about too many things because I've been through too much to really have this this stuff here that we're dealing with right now in this day to day activity, living here, working in this school." And this wonderful institution is like, this is light work compared to what I've been through. And to me, that's really powerful to say that. And I, and I, I, I am trying to adopt some of that into my life, but unfortunately, I'm stressed a lot. <laughs> that's his life, man. I mean, you know?
1: And I think that's what, that's where where, where like white privilege comes from. You know, how many right. of these people, how many people, how many, and it's like, I'm going to say this, a lot of them are people that I've, went through the boot camp and school of infantry with were white and they didn't come from a privileged background mm-hmm. they didn't have a lot of money they weren't the Hiltons. they weren't the Rockefellers they weren't these big names they didn't come from the only they wasn't descended of these people they didn't share in the wealth so it's crazy that these people can go through hand and arm well, shoulder to shoulder with me through a process mm-hmm. and then be treated the same and like shit when they get back out to the world and they go different places and branch out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: never really having any prestige attached to their name in the past can ascribe to these privileges. Mm. They can. You know? Yeah. And they come from the lowest rung of life. Right. You know, some of them were, 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 were poorer than me and I wouldn't even consider myself that poor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, come from a, I come from a pretty much Caribbean affluent family. And we only saw struggle when we came to America, mm. you know, trying to advance, you know mm. what I mean? And my grandmother, my father's side, we had businesses. We owned businesses in our country. We owned businesses in our country. We owned land, you know? So coming to America to see this, it was kind of like, you know, shell shocking, especially to me. I'm not used to this crap.
0: Mm. Well, what I was saying back when I was at this workshop and <clears throat> listening to the privileges that they were saying... Uh, you know, like I said, yeah, they feel as though the people, like the the, the law enforcement, is at their aid. They also feel as though, you know, <clears throat> they don't have they can go into a store or something and not necessarily feel as though they're they're gonna ever be asked questions about things or they weren't gonna have anyone following them. They also felt as though, you know, <clears throat> when they walk in the room, some places that they were looked at as though they were, you know. They, that they, were, they were very versed and well knowledge in things That they were an expert, if you will um, and, and it was interesting Because they said that piece And then you have the time for people of color to speak And, and asking the question of um, You know, what, what is it that you like about being black? And a lot of the, the things that people said were You know, I love my hair you know, I love <clears throat> my skin color, I love my culture, I love my food, I love, you know, the way I look. I love. It was more attributes of self, rather than things in which the country offered us, because when you... And, and once that was kind of apparent, because we wrote the whole list down, There was a bunch of things written down on this list. And <clears throat> when that was apparent, it, it blew up my mind a lot, because I was like, whoa. I didn't realize this, but but I want all those privileges that those white people get, too. But for whatever reason, that stuff is just so far foreign to me that I can't even imagine myself having those things right now in this present time. <clears throat> so that was the first time I was really experienced um, or I had really experienced firsthand what the differences between black and white, the privileges were, you know, between those two. Uh, constructs.
1: That's for real, because for them, it's never a power... You know you know what's funny? When a black person do some shit, or a Spanish person do some shit, or an Asian person do some shit, the people of those respective cultures are like, damn, he make us look bad. You know, he's making us look bad, or whatever the case might be. But when a white person is categorized as a serial killer, or a cannibal, or whatever the case may be, white people got the luxury of saying, oh... You don't got nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. You know And we as The 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 lower rung People Mm -hmm. On society We look at it like Okay You know We don't have to attribute That one action To all white people Mm -hmm. But then when we see us Do some shit Kill people Or go into mass murder Or do some Shit that's out of the ordinary For us as a people We're like Damn He's embarrassing us Mm-hmm. There's a depth to that mm-hmm. There's a depth to that And that's crazy Like My professor in college Told me one time too You know She told me that I mean she was white She told me that Black people Or people That Are less privileged in society under, Understand those That are privileged More than those are privileged Understand them
0: It's true Well I mean <clears throat> Why would you <clears throat> In the history you can go back to the history books. Why would you ever try to understand those who are who you believe are Lower, less than you?
1: Exactly.
0: Never would. I mean, Christopher Columbus, prime example, looked at these people when he came over to the islands that he discovered, <clears throat> and he looked at these people and didn't understand what the heck they were doing. He just saw them and thought that they were less than him, and then automatically thought that he didn't have anything to learn from them. All he wanted to do was just rape, pillage, and kill them. <clears throat> Find the gold. So he wasn't trying to learn about their culture. He wasn't trying to understand why they didn't have any clothes. He didn't want to understand why they weren't so infatuated by money and monetary and materialistic measures. So that makes perfect sense to me. But to kind of wrap this all up a little bit more and tie it into a knot, and a beautiful knot, by the way, is just to talk about how privilege and racism go hand in hand, right? Uh, I like the idea of saying that racism holds the social construct in place. And racism, again, is a specious term. I like that word, specious, which basically has no meaning whatsoever. And it just basically holds this social construct of you know, the Western worldview in place. Um, and there was a fun quote that was also said at this workshop that I wanna say is that human beings don't function well without power. You know it makes Real them talk. feel it makes them feel as though they have they don't have control of their lives if humans don't have power and that is like in all the history, every from the beginning it's like you have to control natural resources you have to control lands and things of that nature or else you feel as though you are misplaced in this world but uh, when we come back i'm going to human beings
1: always want power because we actually know subconsciously we don't have no power. We, we, we actually all are whim. We're at whim to the universe and its decisions. As much as we like to dictate things and believe we're dictating things, we're at, we, we're at the mercy of the universe, basically.
0: It's true. And that is amazing. That's deep. That's very deep. We don't have any power, we're not that important. And when we get back after this quick little snippet here, we're going to talk a little bit more about the construct of racism and the beginning of whiteness. We're going to refer, like my man Rand Scrivener said, to the, the wonderful time of the 1600s here in this country, known as America. And we are going to talk about the wonderful place of Jamestown, the wonderful place of Virginia, in which those Europeans who were so infatuated by sex decided to name. <laughs> the, but we will be back after these short messages. This is Rinsing Off the White Wash. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. Yeah. It makes it hard to sleep nights and easy for us to lose sight. We're living to die. Rinsing Off the whitewash is a proud supporter of the Day After MLK movement of social and creative arts. The mission is to educate, entertain and inspire young people and our communities to support the idea of undoing racism and the construct of whiteness. The Day After MLK presents a possible solution to America's struggle with racism and inequality as the overall message is to build collective mindfulness and understanding. Please visit PCPmedia.us to learn how you can support The Day After MLK and walk with us into the future of change. I want to know what my point is. Point is. Point is. Point is. Point is. an educator. Stop by pcpmedia.us. We got lots of education tools that will help you rinse the whitewash. PCP Media, our world. Boom a job. Dawu. This is, this is rinsing, rinsing, on rinsing, on rinsing the White Wash. wash. At Rand Scrivener on Twitter. That's right. Um, please respond to us as you're viewing this and listening to this podcast, um, either at PCP Media on Twitter or at Gaskins World on Twitter, at Rand Scrivener on Twitter, Facebook, Anthony Gaskins, Randy Henry. You know, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with us. But... This podcast, like I said, is is called Rinsing Off the Whitewash. We're attacking the Western worldview, right? We believe, together, collectively, we believe that the Western world construct has conditioned the people of this country to become extremely ignorant (laughs) and also disinterested in the way in which our society operates and how it inevitably affects them, right? And we call this podcast Rinsing Off the Whitewash to demonstrate how the construct of the Western worldview has taken away our identity in our community. Now, let, let's be clear with them, Randy, about what we mean when we say whiteness.
1: Whiteness, when we say whiteness, basically, it, 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 it's a byproduct of the Western worldview. Mm. We, mm-hmm. we're, we're attacking the privilege that comes with whiteness. Yes. Prostrated by the Western world mindset. "Quote unquote," which mm-hmm. are which we all are victim
0: to. We are, Lord. We all, you Lord. know,
1: people who have benefited as white have they too, them too. They they've been duped into believing they are part of a privileged class, but that too, is only to further the interests and powers of those in power.
0: Whoa, it, let's stop for a second. Cause that right there is super deep. I, that was a lot of words. I'm sure people are probably like. Well, I heard a lot of stuff, but I'm not 100 percent sure what the heck they just said. Uh, so we're going to open this up a little bit more. Let's open this up. We're calling this, let's crack, we're going to crack this open. Um, Randy just brought up the idea that people who identify as white, right, those are those are those folks who check that box.
1: Yeah, it could be anybody. I mean, and it's like, it's a lot of cultures out there. There's, there, there's the Irish, there's the Italians, there's the Minians, Armenians, Eastern Europeans, Mm-hmm. uh just to even it, arabs
0: to a certain extent even i mean some arabs, arabs consider um, themselves white um uh, South
1: Africans you know yeah. I mean or even people that are um people that associate themselves to a uh, quote whiteness as 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 let's go into some of the Africans we can talk about some of the Africans yeah that I know about that associate themselves with this francophone, Mm-hmm. Um um uh, this francophone culture where they a literacy
0: moment literacy moment I need a literacy moment here some people may not know what francophone means Oh
1: francophone is the um basically how we have the African diaspora and within the English within the English speaking world or even mm-hmm. Spanish francophone is those countries within African with, with within Africa or within African culture that basically Relate to France or the mm-hmm. French culture, or the, okay. spe- the French speaking. So
0: Haiti would be, be considered that.
1: Haiti would be part. Of, it depends on who you ask. Mm-hmm. I would say, but mm-hmm. more the Francophone, the Francophone affiliates, quote unquote, South Africa would be found. Not really South Africa, but, uh, but we spoke found in the French speaking countries. Mm-hmm. More to say, like maybe Nigeria. Mm-hmm. um Algeria mm-hmm. um, What's another one That speaks French Cote d'Ivoire mm-hmm. um, um, Can't think of
0: any right now That's like, good I mean that was enough know? Right there Those so, three um, I mean basically So it's those who, is, who Oh Senegal so, Yes So those who, are, who Basically associate themselves With
1: The French culture Or the French, French way okay. speaking and, and infuse that Or assimilate that Or amalgamate that Whatever word you want to use Into
0: Dropping African, knowledge right African now African culture Dropping knowledge Okay so I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted nah, to have cool, that, bro. that literacy moment because I didn't know what francophone means. I had The first time I heard that, that's why I like hanging out with you because you always say some stuff I never heard about before. Yeah, so now man. I'm gonna have to go back home and, and check that out myself. Check I, you know, I, I indeed ask that you hit me up on Twitter if you have any more uh, different terms and things that you think will fit perfectly in this podcast. Hit me up at at Gaskin Worlds on Twitter, or if you want to challenge my man Randy Henry, hit him up on. At, At Rand Scrivner, Rand Scrivner on Twitter, on Twitter. Uh, but let's get back to what you were saying, though. As far as like people, people who, are who identify yeah. as
1: white, yeah, them too. Like those, so sort the of people who identify themselves or feel
0: like they're not Black Americans mm-hmm. or Black or what to say. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody tries in some way, shape, or form. Has I mean, I don't know. Not one Black person who's who has never felt the the the, the challenge. To say, you know what, I don't want to identify as black. I'm not black. Or, what does that even mean to be considered black? Or, you know, there are some people well, who are proud as hell to be black, and that's nah, cool. but there's too, a lot of but, yeah, of course, that's, 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 a, that's cool as well. Just, but I'm just, just saying, that's as
1: much, just as much as people there that don't aren't proud to be. Right. Or don't want to associate with black. Exactly. You know that Uncle Ruckus the Uncle Ruckus syndrome. You know what I mean? So
0: Yeah, shout out shout out to shout out to the mm. Boondocks. Yeah, Aaron
1: Magruder, <laughs> man. That's a beautiful thing you did there, man. That's a great For
0: thing, us. man. We hopefully we're gonna sh- try to shout him out on Twitter, let him know that we just shouted him out on our podcast. Maybe he may very well show us some love you know yeah, i'm sure he's on twitter
1: i pretty sure he is right. you know? who ain't on twitter man who isn't on twitter?
0: Je- Je- jesus is on twitter Oh uh, well who even knows Yeah uh-huh. jesus is on twitter black jesus is definitely on twitter
1: we know he's on jesus <laughs> you know but the real black jesus he, he need to be on twitter sure.
0: well back to the uh, the idea of like you know what what we say when we say whiteness right we we were talking about the a uh, a uh, uh, a byproduct of the western construct that we live in in america right and yeah. and, and like to identify what we say the western construct i'm talking about the top-down approach to the way in which we the manage and scheme. govern and, and 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 kind of and, 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 um and, and basically encourage this this philosophy that we believe that we are separate
1: or oh, exceptional
0: and and not equal there is that idea we say separate and not equal is what i'm saying like i think the western worldview is that in its own right get yours i'm gonna get mine we can't do it together and then we see
1: and then we'll see who's the man at the end right the
0: secularism right too right the lack of religion the lack of community those are the things we're talking about when we say western worldview and whiteness is a byproduct of that we're actually titling this episode the construct of whiteness colon, and, uh, The most lethal tool in establishing the Western worldview,
1: and and, and when we say that, I mean, all we what we're saying is, that's like the people who identify as white, mm-hmm. them too have been duped into believing they're part of s- some privileged class, but that too is only to further interests of po- those interests of powers of those in power. It pits us against each other, mm-hmm. thus we detach ourselves from one another. Mm-hmm. This forces one class to do to dehumanize the next, in order to maintain an illusory position. Mm. And that we know as, know as the age old philosophy of divide and conquer. And then what we do later on, we package that into a new age rapping, where momentum or where we disguise momentum
0: itself as progress. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold, hold, hold up. <laughs> hold up. Because that was deep. Uh, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that um, people don't even realize that they're getting privileges as being, as being white.
1: Right? No, nah, they don't. You can't, And to an extent, eh, you can't really blame them for it, but I'm going to blame them. What? You know what? We,
0: <laughs> if they listen to this podcast and they consider themselves white and they don't recognize the privilege in which they have, hopefully by the end of this episode, they can realize that they definitely garner and, and have and hold Privileges by being And associating with white The the,
1: the To be be clear You know what let me answer it real quick I think a lot of people You know what I'm not going to play ignorant And and, and just for the sake of uh, Entertainment Mm. Um, I think a lot of people And I could be wrong I feel there's a lot of people out there That are aware that they are privileged Because they're white Hmm. You know, I'm Not saying it's, it might not be a majority Overwhelmingly But I do believe There's a good amount of people A good amount That know that they're privileged Because they're white Because certain things they Would do in certain settings mm-hmm. Dictate that mm. you know? Can you know, like, deeper? Like is? Tahiti Nicole's reference in his book Again Between our world Between the world and me Mm-hmm. A quote from Richard Wright, another great art, another great black American writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he said when, you know, he's, the part where he talks about his son, you know, they were getting off the train and this white lady pushes his son. Mm. And he knows if they were in Brooklyn or somewhere where it was, uh, you know, an even or predominant black population, she wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. But because of where they were at, mm-hmm. she felt extra you know vigilant in this act and then he even said that a white male came to her defense when he tried to defend her his son because this woman pushed his son out of the way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and th- that, that that right there is an instant of white privilege would she have would she have done that if she was in flatbush brooklyn mm-hmm. or if she was yeah, at harlem. 100 161st yeah. street in the bronx right. or in 125th street 100 135th street in harlem would right. she have done that so there goes that that instance where subconsciously that white privilege mm-hmm. is 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 brought to the surface. Right. So that goes to show you that they are aware to some degree of this white
0: privilege. Well we're gonna open that up even more. Or before. I let me, I don't mean to cut you off. No, or go ahead. Go
1: even ahead. I'm a New Yorker. I've been living here for what? The last what twenty something years of my life. I'm 34. Mm-hmm. So I've been living here for a long time. Mm-hmm. I ride the trains, mm-hmm. which is the which is the the the, the rite of passage for uh, anybody that lives here Mm -hmm. white white people y'all gotta start being a little bit more courteous (laughs) (laughs) y'all step on people's foot (laughs) (laughs) y'all y'all bump people y'all 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 know y'all feel y'all step on somebody's foot man and y'all don't say nothing (laughs) y'all For me, have some courtesy. Say, I'm sorry, excuse me, pardon me, or some shit. Your bag then knocked off your, your shoulder bag done nearly knocked out my earphones. And you look at me like I'm the one that did something to you. Like, come on, man. That's an instance right there. It's, and, it's, and it's so
0: minute. <laughs> let me tell you, let me, let me, <laughs> at Rand Scribner on Twitter just went off right now about a train. He, you gave him an opening about the train. He had to let you know how he felt about it. And I'm not mad at you, my friend. And I I want to say something to to that is we're gonna open up more about this idea of white privilege and what that really means. And um, but before we get there, let me just say this: we're talking ultimately about race, right? Basically, we're really talking about race ultimately—white, black, however you identify—which is another term and another. Um, construct that is created by the Western worldview. I just want to put that out there. Race was created by those Europeans who came to this country and tried to separate those people who were, who, who were brought here after them. Um, yeah, we're going to get right again, back to Again, that. Being, back duped,
1: that. being duped into the believing they are part of a privileged class, but, but that too is only to, per, to service those in power. We're going to talk about Jamestown when we get back just to give you an example
0: of that instance. Now streaming on PCP Media. Next to music, family is everything to me.
2: Roman, this is not an interview. Your whole musician thing is cute, but can you please play some music? music? music?
0: Cell, a short film about a man who after returning home from prison, deals with the ramifications of defending his home and friends from an unwanted presence while struggling with the new limitations of his manhood, post-incarceration. Check it out on pcpmedia.us. So how are we doing? We liking it? Is it too taboo for you? Let us know, pcpmedia.us. BOMMA DROP! Rinsing off the whitewash. Episode one. We titled this episode "The Construct of Whiteness," the most lethal tool in establishing the Western worldview. Now we're gonna jump right into it and get to a spot where I believe is crucial to understand the history of the word white, right? The term white <clears throat> and how it was really established into this country. Really at the roots of it all. If you wanna, you know, if you wanna think about it that way. Um, basically the 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 timeline goes like this 1492 we know about christopher columbus right he came over he was the first person to discover well not the first person if he was one of the first europeans to discover the you know the behind the bahamian islands then we're going to jump forward you know a couple hundred years to about 1607 when jamestown was first established now yeah. 1619 Okay is a good reference point To begin this conversation This is a
1: crucial point in history uh.
0: A crucial point Because And we're referencing this too uh, Just for some uh, Researchers out there And those who are really into books Um, Howard Zinn
1: The scholars Just scholars Whoever wanna check out Check out Check the things we said Check our references Mm -hmm. Or check our claims Making sure
0: we're on point Okay Mr. Howard Zinn A People's History of the United States The book uh, which I recommend everyone We are reading chapter 2 It starts off the drawing the color lines Now he starts the chapter off By saying a black American writer James Saunders Redding Describes the arrival of the ship In North America In North America in the year 1619 Sails furled Flags Drooping at the rounded stern She rode the tide in from the sea She was a strange ship Indeed By all accounts, a frightening ship, a ship of mystery. Whether she was trader, privateer, or man of war, no one knows. Through her bulwarks, blacks, mouths, cannon yawned. The flag she flew was Dutch. Her crew, a motley. Her port of call, an English settlement. Jamestown, in the colony of Virginia. She came... She traded, and shortly afterwards was gone. Probably no ship in modern history has carried a more portentous freight. Her cargo? 20 slaves. So that reenactment, which was done by yours truly, thank you very much. Thank you for your applause. You're far too kind. Uh, Was basically describing the arrival of the first slaves here in this country. Now, just to talk a little bit about the slaves that were brought here, these slaves were indentured servants, right? They had been captured in war. They had been owed some debts to the gentry at the time. And they were brought here to serve a five to seven year sentence, in which case they would till the land that they that, that was here in Virginia. And um, well, not here in Virginia, but was there in Virginia. And if they were to survive because remember back then they didn't really know very much about the place in which they were and there was still plenty of native americans still here in this country who were fighting them off and weren't really happy about them being there but at the same time they were also tilling this land and if they could survive the five to seven years and they would be freed in this country and be allowed to then live off the land that they've tilled
1: but after the rebellion after Bacon's Rebellion, which was between... 1676.
0: Um, which was between...
1: Um, it was led by Nathaniel Bacon mm-hmm. uh, against the governor, William Berkeley. But that that was, can we say, that was the overriding issue. There were underlying, uh, underlying issues that were going on. Right. Especially with the servitude of the blacks and the whites. Because remember, at this time... Um, indentured servitude was uh, extended to whites and blacks.
0: Right. So there was, it was a, there was a mixture of people who were servants at that time and slaves. It wasn't just blacks. It was actually blacks and others.
1: And during this rebellion and during this Europeans. upheaval um, Nathaniel Bacon he was kind of upset about being left out of the trade negotiations or mad at William Berkeley because of the Ignored infractions or in, in, ignored, ignored infractions by the natives or attacks that had happened that mm-hmm. went unanswered. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Nathaniel Bacon, you know, revolted against this, but there were also the social 20... issues going on in the underneath, which was the indentured servants. Right. The, the, the that's rights that's really the, the case. It was their, the fact the,
0: that the indentured the, servants then band together as well.
1: In 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 light in while this rebellion was going on, or a little bit after, I think, what well, well, during the tail end of the rebellion, the indentured right. servants got together, which were whites and blacks, mm-hmm. got together and rebelled, mm-hmm. and this forced the ruling class to say, "You know what? Let's take a little, let's, let's take a little let's take things into perspective a little bit." Like, well,
0: ba- well, 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 I, I actually, Berkeley was actually eventually kicked out of America. Essentially, he got ran out, went back to, to Europe.
1: But he did come back. He though.
0: came back, right? When he came back, that's when he decided to bring this term to help segregate those who were different. So that exactly. way he could utilize those who were Europeans. Power that was, in numbers. That were fighting against him to say, you know what? You are like me, okay? And in 1691 was the first legal usage of the term white. Okay, that was when they first said white. And now, just to be clear, you know, whiteness was never even then defined, it was just used to tell you who was and who wasn't. You know, what I mean, like we are white, you look like us, your skin complexion is closer to us, nearer to ours than it is to theirs. They are not white, they are black. Let's make sure to keep that construct organized and understood going between, forward, between,
1: especially between us.
0: Especially between those who My are white slaves. Brethren. Slaves. slaves, exactly. You know. So 1691 is when the first term of whiteness is being used. In 1691, we know everything after that went down, right? The Neutralization Act. 1790, so on and so forth. If you know your history, if not, don't worry, we'll help you get there at some point in time. We are still exploring these things ourselves. We are still learning ourselves. But the point is, and the bottom line is, is we just want to present this to you as a conversation starter so we can continue to figure out ways in which we can improve ourselves and improve our overall well-being in this country. So 1691 is when the first term whiteness is used. That being said, when we flash to now 2016, Whiteness is still being used, and people are unaware of what it really even stands for. They just know to call themselves white. And I think that is a huge issue and a huge problem. And, and really, it, it, it has caused us to now be separate and unequal, right? And we're starting, and we, we still fight for these things like equality, which also to me doesn't really have a meaning. I don't really know what the heck it means to be w- what equality really means. But that being said, um, you know, whiteness is born. Whiteness is continued to be used to separate us from each other. And the thing that's interesting, like we talked about at the top of the podcast, is the fact that people have bought into whiteness, right? When first, when when, when so other people first came to this country, the Irish, the Jewish, the, the 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 Italians, they all bought into whiteness. They were never ever, you know. And and by buying into whiteness they started to shed their own identity. To you some can even go extent. as far as to say with
1: a black women with and their aberrants to natural hair.
0: Right. I mean black people have bought into whiteness as well. Like we we don't we do things to 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 better do we do things to appease those who are in power all the time. Right? We talk a certain way we act a certain way
1: so others won't feel threatened
0: so others won't feel threatened but we have assimilated that's everyone has assimilated to in a certain extent to basically please those of higher power. Now, those who are in higher power—that's a whole other podcast, right? That's a whole other podcast whole that can go podcasts. into your whole idea of like you know conspiracy theories. That goes into your idea of the secret societies. That goes into your idea of the nobility and the, and the, and the crown and the throne and all that. It goes deep into there as well. And that's what we and that's like a whole other reptilians, you know, from you know out of space. That that goes <laughs> that goes to a whole different place. You know what I'm saying? And I think that will be the next podcast. But we just really want to clarify what we meant when we say whiteness. We want to give you a little bit of history on the whiteness. And and now what we want to do is suggest that you read this book. Um Randy and I both are reading it start to finish. I'm actually going to be teaching some of it, a people's history of the United States by Howard Zen. And it takes us to our, our call to action. Not only are we asking you to get this book, we're not getting any sponsorships from this guy by the way. But
1: No, we just we just we just doing the real thing. We're doing the right thing and and shouting out the people that um The revisionist historians who are willing to uh, show you a a different side of history, whether it's white, black, Asian, Indian—it don't matter, man. Like we're trying to make this into a complete, a complete narrative where it's not so much when you look at it, when you the viewer look at it, or when the common man or the layman looks at it—it's not a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's a puzzle that's already been arranged for you so you can look at it with at one glance and get your story. Right. Boom and and understand everything and 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 feel it and, and relate. Yeah. It's not about oh looking at it from a tribal perspective, you feel me?
0: Right, which which basically takes which takes us to the point of our call to action, right? Which is we're calling this the preservation plan. Right, right. We're calling this the preservation plan, and by preservation plan, we mean to preserve your money and to invest into books. We're gonna wrap it up right now by just mentioning again the preservation plan. Please, and once you go grab a book, why don't you tweet us? Tweet us at, at, at Gaskin Worlds on Twitter or my right. man. Ram Scrivener. At Rand Scrivener on Twitter. Hit us up at PCP Media on Twitter. Tell so us know, how you feel. Also, find us, check out the blog pcpmedia.us. Hit up our culture, which is right there on check the blog. Check out The Corner. Check out The Corner, which is on the blog. Check out The Artist and The Teacher, which is on the blog. Um, check out all the wonderful things we have to offer. And don't, don't forget, keep, keep, keep up with. Rinsing off the Whitewash, which is the new podcast brought to you in part by PCP Media. We are so thankful that you spent this evening with us, or this day with us, or this time with us. And uh, we ask that you continue to follow along as we take you through the history. We take you through uh, our personal experiences. And we continue to rinse off the, the Whitewash. Peace. For real. Peace. Peace. Bama drop. W. <laughs>
2: Mama crying, can't survive. She lost her mind. She's stressing out. She needs to pay big okay. Son took her money. Daughter hungry. Bought the shit. There's no refunding. She's hostage. Okay, okay. He the gang. They gave him weight, but he was weak. He she, has a weak, but he she, will be king. Papa died, he used to drive His sons of men, but men don't cry unless they're trapped It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap Tears in the trap It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap Tears in the It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap Tears in the, tears in the trap future, newest news, to hang the youth and print your mind before you turn 12. Huh. 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 The sex and drugs and rock and roll before hormones, we've been exposed before we know ourselves. her baby's early, papa work in 1613, what a tragic story I tell. Huh. 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 He lost his job, his homie bread it, got connected to the plug, his family needs had but them tears in the trap okay. uh, Tears in the trap okay. uh, It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap okay. uh, Tears in the Okay It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap Tears in the trap Light by someone yourself and who's to say that he was wrong his story's long he wakes and sleeps in everyday hell so mind your manners p's and q's cause nothing new no nothing new can happen to the tribe we think it's cool and harmless too but who are you just look around you might just anger grew violently as he continued to voice his truth, unaware that his passion to justify these views of hatred were also rooted in love. Much like fog on a Georgia morning, love can shroud our eyes.